LV shoes I bring the shorty closer Just enough to fill the gun on the holster Out on the balcony, feeling on the breeze City skylines, we're puffing on some trees Cup of honey on the rocks with the soda Made back front of the building with the chauffeur And he waiting on me Got a bullet in his hands and my name in the seats No gift, baby, no thanks No chinchillas, baby, so what happened to Frank? No phone calls, transactions hand in hand Give the drugs to Rick, the money to Benny Banks Talk to crazy, he talks to me Keep my business out the streets It's the ARC not bad. Kind of tastes like Bud Light, though. What you drinking on over there? Uh, Grim Light. It's a lager. Oh, we're already okay. Welcome to the show, episode number eighty-eight. A super special, 12 more to go to episode number 100. We're going to have something out as well for that. So for this episode, I felt like I needed to have the A-team with me. All right, so I threw, the bat, I threw the bat symbol out there, right? Or the Superman symbol for Craze Boogie. And <laughs> Jada's back. Craze is back. Clarence is here. And the show's always... Edited, directed by Justin Trees. Our guest today is Troy Blackwell Jr. Uh, he is running for City Council District 15. I said that wrong. That's on me. Uh, Troy's been on the show before. Uh, he's family. He invited us to do the Big Apple Awards. That was a fantastic event. Troy, welcome to the show. Glad to have you on. Thank you for taking the time. Oh, yeah. thanks for having me. Glad to be back. I was worried. I was like, hold on a second. <laughs> no, no, I'm here. You know, trains going by. Typical New York stuff. Typical Bronx stuff. Typical. Do, you, are, do, you, are, do you currently reside in the Bronx? I do. I currently live in the Bronx. I live in District 15. Uh, my particular neighborhood is Allerton, White Plains area. Ooh. So I'm right by the two train, Burke Ave, Allerton. Bronx Park East. That, that's my strip where I grew up. A lot of good Jamaican food over there, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we got, but, you know, it, it's, we got tons of good Caribbean food. Actually, um, there's a place on the corner, like one of my favorite Trini spots, that make good doubles, which is like chickpeas and, and mango and tamarind on like a really good flour dough bread. It's, it's so good. Oh, I know. Mm. You, you just got crazy boogie at his heart. <laughs> Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna preview something now. Craze, everybody knows him as BX Craze. He's like the unofficial, I would say, mayor of the Bronx, if there's a such thing. No, not the mayor. Governor. I'd be more like a like an alderman or like a sheriff. Alderman. Alderman. I like alderman. Alderman of the Bronx. Oh, alderman. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what aldermen actually do. We're gonna get. We're, hopefully, we're gonna get like. A we'll ask Troy. From Troy. Uh, um, there's a lot of these positions that I'm like, yo, I want to be a. Friend. That just sounds dope. <laughs> to be an alderman, I, I don't know what I would do, but it sounds cool. Well, crazy is from but, District well, tell 15. Us about, tell us about you. And wait, 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 wait. Crazy is from. Announce the shit that I was gonna do. Not right now. I'm just a preview. Crazy is from District 15. 
So it's going to be awesome because Troy is running for that district. So craze could actually affect, help, or uh, hinder Troy's election. Let's just say that for now, Troy uh, has my vote. Okay. We're going to see if he's Bronx certified a little later. Okay. And then we're going to get the certified. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Craig's got a stamp and everything with a raised seal and everything. So look, I- I'm ready to get my stamp. I need I need my badge. <laughs> so I'm sorry to cut Craig off. He was saying, tell us a little bit about yourself. Who is Troy Blackwell? Cool. Well, um, thanks for having me again, guys. It's good to be back here. Uh, appreciate all the good stuff that you guys are doing. Um, My name is Troy Blackwell, candidate for City Council District 15. Um, I grew up in the Bronx. I grew up in Van Ness and Allerton area. Both are in District 15. Um, I'm a product of Title I public schools. I'm a graduate of CUNY. Um, I'm a product of public housing. So this is home for me, District 15. Uh, Grew up right here off White Plains Road. Uh, The Bronx has always been with me even when I've moved out of state and I've done work across uh, state lines. So uh, that's just kind of a little bit about me. I went to the City College of New York, majored in communications and political science. Um, While I was an undergrad, that's when I got my start with politics. Uh, So I started locally in the New York City Council. It was something called CUNY Service Corps, which if there's anybody from CUNY watching, I suggest check it out. They have like a hundred different partners that help students from CUNY get fellowships in various different agencies, banks, museums, So mine was in city council. I started doing participatory budgeting, which is you look at different council members get discretionary funds that they can spend on capital projects. So things like computers and gardens for schools, fixing parks and and NYCHA development, getting those free Wi-Fi stations that people have. Like if you're in Chelsea on 23rd Street, you see those where it's like free Wi-Fi, the the timer clickers. So I got to do some of that in city council. And I just kept climbing up from there, became a mentor in My Brother's Keeper, which is President Obama's initiative for at-risk boys, black and brown youth. Um, So I've been a part of that program for about six years now. Um, And most recently I came off the Biden campaign and helped get Trump out of office, thank God. (laughs) (laughs) I I have a quick question though. Like you said, you know, obviously you go through these programs and most of those times you go, it's, it's not like, most people can. Uh oh, Jayla's. Uh... Hey. We should say that she's reporting live from oh. Trump country down in Florida. <laughs> so the signal's not that great no more down there. We, get some we may have to bring her back. Um, yeah, I don't think they want me to completely. Yeah, I just <laughs> got my screen blacked. Wow. Really? Wow. There you go. Can you get me? Yeah. I and she's you. in Boca, too. Isn't I'm that, just saying. It is wasn't that, me. Is that close I to just the... had a question. <laughs> is Craze doing VUCA? Yes, he is. That's, this is, this is how the yeah. show is now. This is, this is what happens. But we no, tried, did you originally, we, before going into these programs, did they place you in a program? Or did you say, like, hey, I want to go into city council. Like, this interests me. Like, how was that? 
So the way the program worked was I was part of the second cohort of CUNY Service Corps. So what happened is I just got like an email in my student email one day that was just like CUNY Service Corps will place CUNY students and paid fellowships. It's for one year at various different agencies and organizations. And I was just like, okay, I'm broke. I need some experience. You, you said paid in the email. It, it sounds like it's for me. So I looked into the program and what you do is you apply, they interview you, and then they give you a list of all the partners that they have. It's like a hundred partners. And you rank them on a scale of like one to 10 saying my first choice is the mayor's office. My second choice is city council. My third choice might be, um, uh, you know, the Big Apple Bank. So like you list it based on that and a partner from that organization will call you for an interview. And if it's a match, meaning that you equally rank them the same way they ranked you, you get your placement with that organization. That's, That's awesome. Cool. That's dope, man. It's dope that those resources are, are available though. Um, do you, is that still around? It is still around. It's, it's still around. I think it started in 2015 because I did it in 2016. Well, 2015 going into 2016. So it, it is still around. They've expanded it now. They have so many more partners. And again, it's all paid and it's guaranteed for a year. So you'll do it like if the school year starts in August, it's from like August to June. So you get the whole academic year uh, of a placement. And they have like over 100 partners. Now, besides politics, you're also very big in the PR world. How did you get into that? Because you did communications and political science, and you really have traveled in both worlds. Uh, so how did you get into PR, and what do you prefer more, the PR or the politics? I like to mix the two. Yeah. I feel like you can't have one without the other, right? So for me, going into communications, I always just thought about how important the media is, mm -hmm. like all the consumption that we do, whether it's on social media, whether it's traditional media like newspapers, TV, the media is just so powerful. And I figured, okay, given how powerful this tool is, how come I don't hear enough stories that are similar to my own, right? Like we don't get to hear the stories of some of the unsung heroes, we don't always hear some of the stories about the great work that like nonprofits are doing. Um, so many vulnerable stories, right? But it, all it takes is for someone in the media to kind of push and amplify what's going on. I don't know if you guys remember um, Coney, I believe this was like 2012, about the guy who um, was kidnapping and killing children in, in West Africa and they turned it into this whole big documentary, right? And mm -hmm. so I, I remember sitting back at that time watching that like, wow, how powerful is that? That a group of people got together with a camera and was like, we're going to interview people. We're going to do like guerrilla marketing. We're going to do stickers and we're going to raise awareness so we can catch this guy because he was uncatchable, right? And because it was amplified so much on, on Twitter and Facebook and they got so many celebrities involved that it kind of put an end to the crisis, what was happening in that particular situation. So I thought about it and I said, you know what, that's what my purpose was, is that like, I'm really good at communications, uh, always had a love for media, but for me, it was really about amplifying the voices of those stories that don't commonly get told. And so I was like, let me go do communications and politics, right? There's so many organizers and organizations that are doing great work, and so many people don't know the work they're doing because they haven't had, you know, a, a big ad in the newspaper, or you don't really see them on TV as much. 
Um, and so that's pretty much been my career in communications. I've always done communications for nonprofit or politicians. And you were also uh, part of the campaign for the Big Apple Awards where it was centered around diversity and inclusion. Also, I saw a photo of you at the 2018 uh, Futures event for Ad yeah. Color. Yeah. So talk to me a little bit about that. <laughs> so I was interested in Ad Color because the work that's being done over there is so amazing. And I think a lot of times we think of all these different groups as being separate, like advertising is over here to the left and PR is to the right or, you know what I mean? But I feel like it's so integrated now, like PR and advertising and marketing, they're all combined now. A lot of these agencies are falling under one big umbrella. Mm -hmm. um, so I kind of wanted to learn more what was happening on the advertising side because they do a lot of uh, budgeting and Microsoft was one of their partners. Mm -hmm. And so I actually did a program with Microsoft. And so when I found out that Microsoft was sponsoring ad color, it made me more interested. So I went, I met Tiffany who started the program got to meet tons of great people. Um, and it was just, it was amazing to just meet so many people on the other side of communications and what they were doing was really rooted in diversity. And that was something that's so important to me is because it goes back to telling the story of those that you don't always hear, right? Mm -hmm. There's so many stories that are happening and in black and brown co uh, communities. We're also one of the largest consumers in the United States. And so ad color really sets up a pipeline. So black and brown and other people of color can go through their program. They get placements with ad agencies and, and company partners, and they get to work on advertising budgets. They really get their feet wet. Many of them have moved up the ladder into so many other positions. I mean, Facebook is a partner with them, I believe. I know Microsoft mm -hmm. still is. And so I just thought that was amazing because it's so hard for us to just even get our foot in the door. So to have a program that creates a pipeline and makes it just a little bit easier just for someone to even meet you, I think is amazing. So um, the next question is you brought up Biden-Harris. Uh, what was your role in that campaign? And thank you, by the way, uh, for helping out even if you feel like, oh, it wasn't, you know, the people really did the vote, but you were, you put you your boots to the ground. You're what? I didn't I, hear you. I'm sorry. The only reason I want you to know if you catch, if you catch my lag and I'm laughing is because every time you say Biden Harris, my screen goes down. And it's because you're in Florida. I, I no. You're not too far from his uh, golf course. I know that. So uh, talk to us about your role yeah, during that campaign. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we're going to get some better broadband in, in Florida. <laughs> that needs to be on the agenda. No, we, um, we don't so in terms of the Biden-Harris win, I think I always say that's a, an extreme collective effort. Everyone played a part in making that happen. Just because, one, we registered so many people to vote. Over 100 million people actually came out and voted. And it was just so interesting. Like, for example, it was my sister's first time voting, right? And so seeing so many young people and people from marginalized communities say, enough is enough. We're going to get, you know, Donald Trump out. We want change. We want something different. I think it was just a huge referendum for our country. And as far as my position, I was a TRIPS director. So I started off with Kamala in the primary when she was still a senator. Um, I did traveling press for her. Mm 
So I got to travel to South Carolina, Iowa, California, traveled with her, did all the traveling press. And then when she got chosen as the nominee, the VP nominee, mm-hmm. I ended up joining the, Biden's, the Biden-Harris campaign as a collective, ended up being a trips director. So I managed all of the travel during COVID, all of our big events. So wow. the election... Yeah, it was a lot because you got to think we were running a presidential campaign in the middle of COVID. So this is a public health crisis. Nobody. And this was like before we knew that the vaccine was actually going to come out and be implemented. So it was like, how do you do rallies? Everybody had Zoom fatigue. You know, how are, how are we doing travel arrangements? As we know, the president is, is an uh, elder gentleman. So we wanted to be mindful of like, what if he catches COVID? What would happens in this instance, right? So we developed a really strict COVID protocol. We did all of our events outside. Um, so we would do car rallies. Like that was our big thing. Just, we would rent out a lot. We would work with the labor unions and we would just have huge car rallies because we figured we still need to galvanize people. We still need to reach voters. And so we're still going to travel. We're still going to reach people where they are and, and talk to them and make sure that they hear what, you know, at the time the presidential candidate and vice presidential candidate were saying. Um, and so for me, I did all of their events in Pennsylvania and Delaware. So for Pennsylvania, we did the Election Eve concert with Mm -hmm. Lady Gaga and John Legend, which was amazing. Uh, It was probably one of our biggest events. So just even that, like working of that, like how do you do a televised concert in COVID in like 30 days? Like, what is our program going to look like? Do we have enough time? Are people really going to come out? Like, so it was was just a whole process, but it, it was good. And I think because of the events we did, we reached a lot of people. There were so many people that we met that were like, hey, you know, some of the candidates in 2016 didn't come to my town, but you guys came here this time and you talked to our labor union and you talked to our community. And that that goes a long way with a lot of people. Yo, this is historic right now. During COVID, uh, 78 plus million people voted for uh, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris more than any candidate ever. And And Trump was, I think it was 71 or 72. So he was second on the list. So it was amazing that people took it that serious, that they wanted to, whatever your vote was, yeah. the fact that people came out and actually voted. Because I'm t- we always do that. Make sure you go vote. Doesn't matter. But they actually heard it this time. So, but thank you again for helping with that. Uh, how's the boss lady? Is she like... Come on. <laughs> Give us the juicy stuff. She is one of the most amazing people you can ever meet. And, okay. and I mean that sincerely. Like, she's really inspirational in the sense because she's not that much taller than me. And, you know, I don't really? want to throw my... Yeah, she's not that much taller than me. I'm about 5'4", five, 5'5". Five, five. I know I look tall on camera. <laughs> I'm 6'2 on camera, but I'm like 5'5 hey. five, five in, in real life. Um, but she's about my height, but she just has like so much energy. Mm-hmm. And the thing about her is that like, she's equally as tough as she has funny and kind, yeah. right? Like she's a really funny and kind person. She'll joke with you. She'll, you know, listen to you. Like she's, she's a big hip hop fan. So she'll, she'll just kind of like engage with anybody and, and she's just really down to earth. But when it comes to the work and it comes to policy, she's, 
tough as nails and she's she's very much like i know what needs to be done she's she's very firm um and i think that's inspiring because you see you see this woman you see a woman of color she's very firm in her decisions she knows how to talk and engage with everyone and she doesn't bend easily right like a lot of people yeah no go ahead go ahead I was gonna say a lot of people in those situations, they get intimidated and they bend, they step back, but she's definitely like a fighter in terms of like, this isn't right. We gotta fight for workers' rights. We need to, you know, fight for better policing. She's very firm in her decisions. And I think seeing that is inspiring. It's, you- it's, nice, to, it's nice to hear though, cause like even as a woman, like, you know, as a woman of color, we get put in this position, either we're like the sweet, really nice person, or we're like a complete, bitch and and it's nice to hear that there is a balance that you know that is something that you know especially this world needs right now some type of balance (laughs) i say uh one of the toughest moments when she was when uh she was doing the debate um she in the back of her mind all the stigmas and stereotypes i'm pretty sure it was there but she handled it very well um do you think that that sometimes because it's it's not fair you know to use stereotypes or uh, have like this stigma <clears throat> do you think that that like she didn't respond the way she wanted to at certain points or or think, you got what you would what, what exactly what she would have gave i think it's a good balance i think that it's always a fine line right mm-hmm. because one as a woman and two as a woman of color, color she yeah. has to be conscientious of like if i sound too tough on this issue you know, tomorrow somebody's going to make a character trying to say that all black women are angry, right? So you have to walk a very fine line. Mm -hmm. But I think her being a prosecutor, her background um, as a lawyer, like, I think that's her strength, right? So she knows how to debate and she knows how to prosecute the case against people and walk that fine line. And so I think that's her strength, right? Her being a prosecutor, knowing how to challenge questions in court. She was a DA. She was attorney general, attorney general of California. Mm-hmm. So she knows how to walk that fine line. Probably the best person I've ever seen do it. So I, I, I liked Kamala, uh, Kamala. And when I saw that debate, it like certified it for me. Just the way she handled it and her answers. Because um, I, I, I never tuned into her talk and I got to hear the talk and I got to hear her talk on issues with the opposition right there. So that's what sealed it for me, you know, uh, to vote for Biden Harris. Also, uh, I feel like Joe's going to be a transitional president and hopefully maybe she steps into that chair. We'll see. We'll see. I'm just, I don't, I don't like the transitional. uh, I mean, he's an older gentleman. So, you know, I think, look, I think going into it, I hope he doesn't go into it that way. I hope that like we're in a position now with you know the elections that happened on Wednesday where there could be some like real policy stuff that could happen mm-hmm. in years. And like he doesn't have to be transitional. He could be a president that takes it, you know, takes it on and maybe it's only one term, maybe. But I I, I feel like the term I'm not saying that he's going to... I mean, he's going to complete this term. I just, we don't know what's going to happen afterwards. The term transitional is like, man, it feels like weird to me because it, it implies that like, he's like a placeholder for something else. And I feel like... I just feel like this election, for me personally, didn't reflect what America is. You had two uh, older 
white men. I think it reflected what America used to be. And I think that it's leading towards something different, which I hope. Hopefully. Being optimistic. So with that being said, what made you decide to run for city council district 15? Yeah. Well, listening to everything you guys are saying, like, that's kind of where my mind has been running at in terms of this election. Like I was on the campaign trail. I, I would, you know, had an amazing staff that I was working with, got to work with the president elect and the VP elect. And I was just inspired. Right. I think the president elect is a, is a, 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 he bridges the gap, right? Like between, you know, more senior citizens, and then you have the, the VP elect who helps bring in the youth, right? He definitely helps with his experience as a white man. She helps with her experience as a woman of color. And I think seeing the two of them on a ticket and seeing how well they worked and bringing people together, that in itself was super inspiring. And, and the president-elect has always said, like, he wants to set the party up for the future. Right. And I think that's why he was so adamant on choosing a woman and choosing a woman of color as his running mate. In terms of city council being on the campaign, it's something I've been thinking about for a while. Richie Torres was my council member. He got elected to Congress. We're, you know, we're super glad that he got elected. He Uh did some really great work on housing. Um, but now he's in Congress. And so his seat is going to be empty for the next three months. And I was thinking long and hard about it. I talked to friends, talked to family, and I felt like everyone was going through the same issue. Like, right, we're all facing numerous crises at once. Like, Mm -hmm. we're still in a public health crisis with COVID. The vaccine rollout has not been the best. My district, District 15, is ranked number two in the entire city for the highest rate of student homelessness. One out of every four students in District 15 is facing homelessness right now as we speak. 41% of the people in my district are extremely rent burdened. So I thought about that and I said, okay, that's a housing crisis right there. Then we have this whole reckoning on race with with George Floyd. Um, We know the issues with policing and criminal justice in New York City. We know it in the Bronx. We saw what happened with Khalif Browder and his situation because of cash bail and what that did to his mental health and the suicide um, in which he died from. So we saw that. Um, And then I just kept thinking about the students, right? We transitioned into remote learning and our kids are the future. And for me, I always say I have no problem saying this. I grew up a poor kid in the Bronx. I grew up in public housing. I grew up facing housing insecurity. Education became my passport out of poverty. Uh Because of everything else going on around me, I loved school. School was where I found solace. I had really great teachers. And those teachers helped me get scholarships for, for college. And it's really because of my education that I made it out of poverty. And so that's how I think of education. But I'm looking around and I'm like, we have what? Uh, more than a quarter of our students in the Department of Education are facing homelessness. I believe it was 77,000 students um, as of November that did not have the necessary resources, meaning they didn't get a laptop. My sister went almost three months without a laptop from the Department of Education when we transitioned to remote learning. 38% of the Bronx doesn't even have home service internet. So the thing is, is like, how can you expect students to do well if they don't have a laptop, Mm -hmm. they don't have internet, you don't know certain student situations, whether, you know, again, one out of every four students is facing homelessness, there's a housing crisis. How can you expect people to be their best and do well 
and they don't have the resources. And then we go to government and government tells us, well, pull yourself up by the bootstraps, right? Other people are doing it. But how can you pull yourself up from the bootstraps if you don't have boots? And that's the way that I looked at the situation. And I said, you know what? I have this really great experience. I got to do criminal justice stuff with work with President Obama, came off the Biden campaign and said, let me take that experience and bring it home to the Bronx where I'm from. Everyone is facing these crises. I've been facing these crises. And I said, someone needs to be able to solve it. And I think that we needed someone bold and someone who has the experience and knows who and what to challenge. And so I just made a list of all my grievances. Like, we need to help people in the shelter system, right? Those who are coming out of the shelter, after you do 90 days in the shelter, you get the citywide voucher. But landlords and management companies are turning people away. They're refusing to accept the voucher, which Mm -hmm. means that you leave people to be homeless or to go back inside the shelter system. And that, to me, was a huge issue. Wow. Sorry, that, that's my nephew, by the way. It's it's fine. It's fine. We, we, we got special guests that pop in. It's, it's, this is a family show. It's fine. Um, let's stick to that, because I also want to ask you, uh, how do we get you on the ticket? Now, you mentioned signatures. Uh, how does somebody from the community of District signs the petition to put you on the ticket? So I need to collect a certain amount of signatures from constituents who live in District 15. For those who are probably watching, like, what is District 15? Because I know sometimes we hear these districts and assemblies and Congress and wondering what these numbers mean. So District 15, for those in the Bronx, it's Allerton Avenue, Van Ness. We have Fordham, Belmont, Arthur Avenue, Little Italy, parts of Webster and Cortona Park East, West Farms. So those are some of the key neighborhoods in District 15. Um, And so what happens is that I'll be at train stations, I'll be out at stores collecting signatures. I need to get a certain amount. The mayor had lowered the amount to 450, but we always need to get double in order to make sure that every signature that's actually signed counts and is a valid registered voter. So if anyone's in the district, in those neighborhoods, you can write me on Instagram. I'm happy to to meet you. I have to the end of the week to actually collect all these signatures and file them. Um, So that's what I'm I'm doing. I've been door knocking, going to people's buildings. I've been in NYCHA talking to residents, literally working my way from the top floor all the way down to the lobby, just knocking on doors, introducing myself to people, giving them my flyer, writing down their concerns. Um, So that's, that's where we're at. And that's not that's not an easy thing to be doing right now. You know, we, we touched the like, little base yeah. of it, especially because of COVID and so many other issues and just people just like in their own space. You know, a lot of people have very foggy, you know, dealing with the family and virtual school and finances and this and that. So, I mean, big my hat's off to you because it takes a lot to be to do something like that for your people. Thank so- you. Thank you. Luckily, we're joined by the alderman of the Bronx on our show. And he just so happens to live in Bronx uh, District 15. Not only that, but I happen to live in one of the most prestigious uh, and most beautiful neighborhoods of District 15, Bedford Park. Uh, We have the beautiful botanical gardens in my backyard. Mm -hmm. And... um, 
I'm I'm ready to see if uh, if Troy's uh, Bronx certified. Rick, do you have a graphic for? We do have a a, a brand new segment. <laughs> it is called Crazes Bronx Certified Exam. <laughs> So it is similar to the civil service exam that you take to become a city employee, except that it's only five questions and you get Bronx certified with the raised seal and everything from the Alderman of the Bronx. Ladies and gentlemen, craze boogie. And luckily for you, Troy, you like school and all of this stuff. So <laughs> right up your alley. No, so many, not many people. But I'm actually a, um, a naturalized uh, citizen, which means that in order to become a citizen of the United States, I went and studied and took the exam and uh, I went through all of the shit that like a lot of the, a lot of you folks that were born here um, take for granted that don't have to know shit about me um, and I have to earn it. So uh, that being said, I think Troy is a dope dude, but before I vote um, for someone that's gonna represent me and my district specifically. Okay. I, figure out if uh, Troy was Bronx certified. So I just got, you know, it's not a long test. I, I'm similar to like the citizenship test um, that I took. They only, they make you study like 150 questions, but they only ask you 10. Um, so I'm only going to ask you five questions. Uh, okay. Passing, passing is three. <laughs> three out of five, you Bronx certified. They are tough uh, questions that only a true um, Bronxillion, because the, the word is like Bronxite, but I don't like that one. Um, <laughs> I think that's I think that's what we're called. Bronx. It, it sounds weird Bronx, saying Bronxite. Bronx Bronx paper, it reads Bronxite. Bronxite. I don't know. It sounds Bronxite on the wrong side of the Bible. So. It sounds like you got bit by a, mos a mosquito or something. I got the Bronxites. <laughs> exactly. Um, so let's get just get into it, man. Look, question number one, Troy. Uh, so, do you solemnly swear to represent the fifteen? <laughs> <laughs> question number one. I, I do. <laughs> this, is a, this is an important um, question. It should be a freebie. This is because, I, you know, I, I genuinely automatically like Troy, and I'm trying to make it a couple of things easy for him. So uh, what is the official sandwich for the borough of the Bronx? <laughs> I'm going to make it easy for you. I'm going to give you uh, – um, most of these, I think, are multiple choice. Um, hey. Bacon, egg, and cheese. B, a chopped cheese. C, a chicken parm. Or D, an Italian. You're making, you're making me hungry. First of all, I'm super hungry now. Right? <laughs> Wait, I, I feel like we need an extra multiple choice option because I feel like it could be any of those depending where you are in the district. You're right. But. But I but will say my top... This is one that represents... It's pretty iconic and has become a representation of, like, being a New Yorker. I'm giving you some hints. But, you know, it's 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 the one that, based on my research, is the official... Uh, I'm going to say... I'm going to say half bacon, egg, and cheese, half chopped cheese. So, like, a half a mix. I'll accept... Yep. It's the chopped cheese, yep. bro. You, you got to have breakfast and lunch. You got your... <laughs> <laughs> By the way, guys, I'm still really upset. I requested for you guys to, for this episode, ship me a chopped cheese just for oh, this episode. We did. We did. We were supposed to give. We did. Trump. Trump confiscated yeah, it. We got it. Did go check the golf course. Trumpito got it. Your boy Trumpito. All right. Number two. This is a, a true or false question. 
The Bronx is the only borough believed to be connected to the main to the mainland United States. True or false? True. That is true. It is the wow. only five boroughs that's actually connected to the whole continent. Everything else is islands um, off to the side. Very good, Troy. Yes, two. Isn't it funny? Wait, isn't it funny to think about the rest of New Yorkers as like living on islands? Islands. Islands. Yeah, but but it's true. All right, let's see this one. Number three. Okay. This amusement park, which was once located in the Bronx, is no longer in existence. What it's an amusement park, you said? An amusement park. A, Clayland. B, oh Freedomland. C, Southeast Park. D, Disney. <laughs> So this is an amusement park that was located in the Bronx, but no longer exists. I'm going to go with Freedom Land because I think it was in Co-op City. That's correct. Freedom Land was correct. Um, the curveball there is Playland. Where Playland's a ride. If you're really from the Bronx, you know that that's rides just like, you know, that's that's like our, our upstate. Um, for it's the our country. second Yonkers. <laughs> um, okay. This is an easy one, too. Name this island, which is technically part of the Bronx and has some dope-ass seafood restaurants. In summer, it resembles a New England shore town. Randall's Island, A. Oh, boy. Island, B. Rikers Island, B. Or D, City Island. It's definitely not Rikers Island because we're trying to shut that place down. <laughs> I'm going to go with City Island. <laughs> City Island is correct. I mean, I never had the seafood on Rikers Island, but I would imagine. <laughs> I don't want the seafood on Rikers Island. <laughs> that doesn't sound good. All right, Troy, I think you, you pre- you're you acing this, but I'm going to ask you the last question anyway, just because you um, okay. saw your pictures especially on IG, aside from being uh, very knowledgeable about politics and wanting to do uh, a lot for our district, you're also a very stylish dude. So I feel like this question may be right up your alley. Um, let's see. <laughs> This is a real, this is a true Bronx question. Which of these designers went to DeWitt Clinton High School right here in District 15? A, Anna Winter, B, Ralph Lauren, C, Dapper Dan, D, Virgil Abloh? I'm going to say Ralph Lauren. Yeah. He's from the Bronx. Ralph Lauren from the Bronx, <laughs> went to high school in District 15. And is a is somebody that you should write to to get you some votes for District 15. I'm sure he got a few homies still at uh, right over here on Shula Parkway. Look, I'm gonna write. I'm gonna write to them. I'm gonna be like, look, you're you're from the Bronx. You're from District 15. Let's make this happen. Hey, I know Ralph got some shooters on Webster Avenue. I'm sure. Probably. Listen, I know that this was for Troy, but I feel like we both just got Bronx certified here. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you mean to say, Jayla, you had these you had these answers? I think the only one that I didn't get was the one with the at Co-op City. The Oh the that that was But I didn't grow up there, so that, that would have threw me off. Too. I lived on 174th and Vice at some point. No. So I feel like I love the Bronx. Tune in next Look, week. You're you're certified now. You got certified. No, 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 no. We're we're taking that back. She's from Boca Raton. Tune in next hey. week. She's going to take the craze Bronx certified exam next week to see if we can stand for the That's not fair. 
Yeah, I got you. I got some. Yeah, easy one to Troy and a hard one to me. I'm not even from there. No, 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 no. Um. Also, like a Poe question that I had, but I was like, you know what? That one is a different one. I got one. Um. What legendary salsa singer is buried in the Bronx? Buried in Woodlawn Cemetery. What? Say that in part again. One legendary salsa singer is buried in Woodlawn Cemetery. Oh, Celia Cruz. Absolutely. The man is, is, is Bronx through and through. <laughs> her and Edgar, I think, her, I think her and Edgar are in the same cemetery, right? Edgar's, yeah. Edgar Allan Poe's house is on, I forgot the street craze, is on Grand Concourse and... Uh, Kingsbridge and Grand Concourse. Kingsbridge, yeah, there you go, so... Yeah. A little bit of history. So the Bronx is it's not what you think it is. Do your research. You'll learn a little something. District 15, stand up. Let's get out there and vote for Troy. And stay tuned to our social media pages to figure out how you get your signature. Now, I want to play another game with Troy. Um, yeah. This is called Distorted Pictures. Are, are, you, are you ready for this one? I'm ready. Okay. So... <clears throat> Can you see Justin's screen? It says distorted pictures right now. I see the distorted picture screen. Okay. So Justin will flash an image. Uh, you have to try to guess who is in the image in the image with you and uh, what is going on in the image. Okay. All right. So let's just do one to see how it works. Justin, can we get the first one? That is from the Big Apple Awards. And that is me with Yvette Noel Shore, who is uh, Beyonce's publicist. Is he correct, Justin? <laughs> and he's a thousand percent correct. Now, Jada Craze, how do you like this distortion of the photos? This is better than before? Much better, bro. Much better. Okay. Look who's doing some distortions that is like, bro, no way. <laughs> it was like zooming into somebody's like eye. It was like, oh my God. All right, let's let's do one more now that he got the, 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 the handle on it. Let's do one more, Justin. Oh wait, let's save that one for last. Don't look at it. <laughs> okay, save that one for last. Taking it out. Let, let's go with a different one. Okay, there you go. I don't know which one this one I, is. I think that one is of I think that's me and our and our city's first black mayor when I was at Columbia. I think that's it. Is he correct, Justin? Yeah. Boom, Mayor Dinkins. <laughs> I had to. I, thought, I was like, wait, what pictures that were blue? <laughs> Let's go with the next photo. Oof. <laughs> I don't know what that one is. Guess. Colors, the colors. Is that a, is, is maybe it's a campaign flyer because I see blue and white? Is that your final answer? Yes. Justin? Oh, no. <laughs> that was. <laughs> <laughs> but that was. <laughs> It's a photo of Troy and uh, the one and only AOC. Uh, let's do one more. Oh, this one's hard. I, I don't remember this one. I, oh, I got it now. I know exactly what it is. 
I feel like that's a picture of me and someone. I'm not sure who. <laughs> um, I'll give you a hint. There's more than just you and someone in the store. I think that's probably a picture of me and my cohort with President Obama. Is he correct? Hey. Oh, I'm good. You're really good at this. I think there's one more. Uh, I'm excited about this last one. Uh, I think it's a very powerful picture. Justin, can we see it? Oh, this is a hard one. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's our amazing VP elect about to step in and give this country much needed change. Uh, is he correct? A thousand percent correct. Madam Vice President Kamala Harris. Uh, this uh, cover was released today, actually. So uh, it's the cover of Vogue magazine. Um, but yeah. So we're moving on to three to one. Now, you can okay. do uh, three things you've been watching, two things you've been listening to or reading. We'll keep those. The last one is always one thing you do to keep your sanity during COVID. But I'm going to change that one. And it's okay. one thing you want to accomplish in 2021. So let's go with first three things you've been watching. Three things I've been watching. Number one, Law & Order. I'm a big Law & Order fan. SVU, the new season, they're actually filming in COVID. Uh, second thing, Lupin, L-U-P-I-N. It's kind of like a mystery. On Netflix. Yeah, on Netflix, uh, of the guy who works at the Louvre. So I've been watching that. And I say the third thing, Vice News. Like, I just, like, watch the clips on YouTube because they cover, like, stories that a lot of times mainstream news doesn't. Like, they cover, like, vendors who are working in the boroughs and people who are uh, small business owners. Like, they did a whole segment on a guy who, like, made, I think, like, fifty or $60,000 a year selling nutcrackers. So it's like they do really cool stories on Vice wow. News. Wow. Yeah. So two things you're reading, listening, or listening to. The listening to could be an audiobook, a podcast, or a uh, music. So first thing I'm reading, I'm trying to finish Becoming by Michelle Obama. Okay. But y'all can see it's a it's a it's a happy <laughs> book. <laughs> so I'm, I don't think I'll finish it this month, but but it's still in the works. And something that I'm listening to, I created a playlist on Spotify just to like keep myself pumped when I'm like out and I'm getting signatures and I'm like in transit, um, going to meet constituents. Um, so it's on my Instagram. It's it's Troy's campaign playlist, but it's all of my favorite okay. songs that just keep me pumped. And one thing you look to accomplish in 2021. The one thing I look to accomplish in 2021 is to win this election for District 15. I think there's so much good work that still needs to be done and it can be done. It's not hard. It's not hard to get this work done, but we do need bold leadership. And so I talked about, you know, some of my agenda, but I think at least my top three issues is really housing, education, and criminal justice. We have so many of those coming out of the shelter system that are facing homelessness. And it's really unfortunate that the landlords and management companies are turning those with the city voucher away. So that's probably going to be one of my first pieces of legislation that I want to propose in city council is closing that loophole for those coming out of the shelter system. 
So what I want to do is I'm going to get rid of Jayla. I'm going to get rid of Craze. I'm going to get rid of everybody's screen. I'm going to pin Troy. And Troy, I want us to tell you how... I'm sorry. I want you to tell us. <laughs> it's been a long day. I woke up at 5 in the morning. I want you to tell us exactly how to communicate with you so we can sign the petition to put you on the ballot. Okay, let me know when I can start to go. Let me mute all these uh, jabronis that are on the show, as well as myself. <laughs> okay. Hi, go now? <laughs> yeah, you could go now. <laughs> okay. Hi, everyone. My name is Troy Blackwell. I'm a candidate running for New York City Council, District 15 in the Bronx. I'm currently collecting signatures to get my name on the ballot. We have a special election, March 23rd. You can contact me on Instagram at Troy Blackwell Jr., JR, abbreviated. It's also Troy Blackwell Jr. on Twitter. Um, those are my two main forms of contact. You can also contact my campaign at info at troyforthebronx.com and me or a volunteer will come meet you so we can get a signature from you so I can get my name on the ballot. So <clears throat> you can also contact the Rick H show. We will connect you to Troy. And you said the deadline is this Friday or Sunday? The deadline is this Sunday for me to collect the signatures. Uh, but Monday is Martin Luther King Day. So I'm trying to hopefully get this done by, by Saturday because I know a lot of people will probably be doing family related stuff. Okay, so Troy, I want to, um, give me one second. I got to figure this thing out now. Oh, there we go. I want to personally, let me turn my video on because I'm talking. <laughs> I want to personally thank you for coming on the show. You are always welcome. Um, our platform is yours to utilize. Um, we're big supporters of you. Uh, Craze and Jada, if you want to say something before we sign off. Oh, wait. You guys got to unmute yourselves because, Jayla, that's, that, that's the Florida thing, man. I thought it was Trump again. Um, uh, no, I wanted to say, Troy, like, you know, hopefully you accomplish that goal for this year and that the next time we have you back on is with all that great news and what the next steps are um, to make, you know, the Bronx and everything better, like baby steps. And we need voices like you to to be voices for people, you know, in our communities and, and what you're doing is phenomenal and we wish you tons of luck. And uh, boys, I miss y'all. Go back to Bronx. <laughs> uh, let me introduce him before he speaks. From District 15, the alderman of the Bronx, Craze Boogie, the man who, the only man who can certify you that you're from the BX. Craze Boogie. That's my only job as alderman. I give people the test. <laughs> hey, maybe that's a way of getting signatures. You can like hey. tease people to be like, "Hey, you want to be boxed like Bronx certified? You got to come here and then give us a signature." That's, that's it. A, you get a like certification. That. You get a certification for the BX, and you get a signature to help the BX. Boom! Everybody wins. We're gonna look I up, like that. That's a winning strategy. Starting tomorrow is going down. Let's do it. I feel like that's a good marketing. Thing, Troy, from, from me to you, you definitely have my vote. You know we support Listen, you. these millennials will eat it up. That's true. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that um, I'm grateful to have to see some uh, in, in my district. 
I think that uh, representation matters. I think that you represent a, a large, uh, in many different ways, you represent what, what the Bronx is about. Um, and so I, I commend you for, for stepping up and like uh, seeking out this, these type of positions and being heard and being seen in these kind of spaces. I'm really grateful to you. And so I definitely will give you my vote. And um, we got to talk about how we can, um, we can spread Issue some more signatures, yeah. Sure, but, but we appreciate you. We want to wish you good luck. We know that you're going to get the, the right signatures that you need um, by Friday. And, um, you know, let, let, let's get some good, let's, let's represent uh, District 15 the right way. Troy, thank you again. Thank like you said, guys. This thank, is your thank platform. You guys for, for allowing me to, to come on. Thank you guys for giving a voice to people and, and doing this. This is this is amazing. This is what comms is all about, right? It's about amplifying these stories and reaching people and sometimes telling those stories that aren't normally always told. So thank you to you guys. No, thank you. Thank you for coming on. Uh, we'll support you. Uh, to, uh, as much as possible and uh, next week tune in for oh I can't announce that one yet I'm sorry I didn't even sign the papers for that guest but uh, <laughs> I'll drop a hint it's somebody from the 90 day universe 90 day fiance universe Wait, so um, we have that person and then Don Dinero at the end of the month and we will update you on Troy Blackwell's run for Councilman District 15, a.k.a. backed by Alderman Craze Boogie. Yeah, so. I don't even know if we have Aldermans over here. That's just about- <laughs> I feel like Aldermans will take, like, like I feel like you should be, like, Sir Alderman Boogie. And, like, Sir you, should Craze walk, Boogie. you should walk around, like, some type of robe or cape. Instead of stamping, like, certified, you should knight people, Craze. Yeah, like Bronx Knights is is Bronx Knights right or Bronxites? Bronxites. That's what we're debating. Like, what is it? Is it is it Bronx? I think Bronx Bronx Knights sounds much better. No, you could change it. It could be part of some petition. Like, let's let's modernize. Like, you know, I serve. Forget education. Forget uh, criminal justice reform. Forget. We got to change that Bronxites thing. All right, to Bronx Knights. We're gonna figure it out. We're gonna get it together, brother. Have a successful week. Um, enjoy your MLK day on Monday. Uh, happy MLK day to everybody this Monday coming up. Uh, day of service. So, think of something you can do, um, to give back to your community. So, uh, with that being said, Troy, thank you for making number eight, episode number 88 the best. We got 12 more to go. And he'll probably be back on the show some other time. So thanks again. Bye, guys.